This is a 1984 Fly or Die podcast. What's good? This is episode number two of the 1984 Fly or Die podcast. First, I want to say thank you to all of you I listened to my first episode featuring Kaheem Thomas of Equimini Dreams. The feedback was fantastic. But, with everything that I do, I hear where improvements could be made. And listen to all the feedback that I received as well. So going forward, I'm going to make sure that every single episode that I do outdoes the last one you know but don't get it confused the content is fire like Kaheem's interview was great but there was just a few things that I learned on my end on how I could be better so this time around I interviewed Hank McCoy producer from the city of Philadelphia. He's worked with the likes of Chill Moody, Jack Frost, and a slew of others. But before we get into that, I want to shoot the shit for a bit. Part my language. Actually, don't part my language because this is my show and kids gonna say what he's gonna say. There's the cool part, right? Over the weekend, you know, I had my time just taken up completely with Super Mario Odyssey. That game is just off the freaking ringer, man. I'm an old school Nintendo head. Like, video games, I grew up on that. Like, mid-80s to now. So I've pretty much spent damn near 30 years in the game of video games. But yeah. Look, as soon as I got Super Mario Odyssey in my hands, I said to myself and to my people, I said, listen, my personal life, you know, my social life is over. It's over for at least a week. You know, like Friday night when Stranger Things 2 came out, I binge watched the entire series in one day. Because I had to sacrifice my social life so that I can enjoy a show like that back to back with no interruptions. This is what I do, you know? But I mean, the weekend was also a bit sobering. Um, I went to my aunt's memorial. Um, She passed on uh, September 30th. And we had a nice get together at my... uh, my oldest cousin's house. Not my oldest, excuse me, my older cousin's house. And I had a time to reflect um, and be around family. And that kind of brought things into perspective again. That always happens when it comes down to losing people. This is the third and hopefully the last familial loss that I've had in 2017. You know, whenever someone passes, I'm always under the impression that, okay, 
you really have to do what you have to do and not take life for granted. You have to live. You have to do your best. You have to take advantage of each moment. So which is why I name my podcast the Fly Die Podcast. Either you do or don't. You can't half-ass it. You got to go for yours and just take it to the limit. Because if you're not, you might as well not do it. Just leave it alone. Let it be a hobby or something. And, you know, I'm really excited to have this show, to have this platform. Because everyone that I interview, whether they be famous or not famous or whatever, their stories mean something to me. And I want to be able to share those stories with the world, with you, the listeners. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very, very important to me. Um, so, yeah, back to the idea of, you know, of life and taking things seriously. I also had, like, the dopest of, like, tarot readings, um over the past two weeks from the same person. And like she pretty much gave me the guidelines of everything, the things I should be looking out for, the things I should be aware of, the, um, you know, in terms of looking toward the future and not focusing on the past, not being such a dreamer in terms of just thinking things and to be doing more than just thinking, you know? Because, you know, there's the idea of knowing, seeing, and being. If you can't just know something, you have to see it, you have to actually have to work towards it to make it happen. Because, you know, for me, I have tons of ideas, millions of ideas that I scribble down in my notebook, but if I never act on them, then they're pretty much worthless. It's just words on a paper. And I can't, I really can't afford to do that at this point, you know? Because um, I'll be 33 next Friday, November the 10th, Scorpio all day. So as, as time progresses, as it goes on, as I get closer to 40, it's like, listen, there's no more time for the what-ifs or the maybes. There's only time for what is. What's, what's, what's currently happening in the present. You can't live in fantasy land forever. So I'm not. I'm just going to rock out and just enjoy life what I have. And share my experiences and my ideas with all of you. So with that being said, we're going to get into Hank McCoy's interview on the 1984 Fly Die Podcast. It's about to go down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and squirrels. I'm here interviewing 
the one and only Hank McCoy, producer, but more so, first off, artist extraordinaire. How you doing today, sir? Very well, very well. Thank you for having me. Now, here's my question for you. Now, and you call it yourself Hank McCoy. First, is that your real name or is that your alias? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So that's your way of saying that, hey, I'm a beast? Yeah, um, basically, like I started uh, making beats in like 06. Um, and I never remember who it was. This was like my space time. But I got like comments like, yo, he's a beast on the beats multiple times. It was a DJ, I believe. I can't remember who it was, though. It was like some guy from New York. I can't remember his name. But I kept getting that like multiple times. And my little brother, who's like a little more of a nerd than me kind of was like um like Hank McCoy and then I literally said it that day and it just ended up sticking so that became my name before that it was like terrible though it was like Ryan Ryan and then Ryan two times <laughs> it literally says that on the first mixtape I, di- I did it says Ryan two times and first mixtape was a solely production or you had rhymes on there as well nah so back like again back when I started um in 06 I was a senior in high school and we had a um you gotta do a senior project in um I think the whole state, I think. I don't know. But we had to do a senior project and I had just started making beats, so I made my senior project uh music um project. And it was um me and Chill. It was Chill's first ever solo project. It was called like Street Cleaning. <laughs> so I did like eighteen tracks on that and um yeah. That was my first my first like literally like my first eighteen beats are or made up that project. Wow. Maybe my first seven, my first 18. Well, my first beat didn't make it because mm-hmm. that was too trash. Well, they were all terrible, but my first beat didn't make it. And then my next 18 made up that project. Right, so, okay. yeah, and that was like 2006. 2006. You were a senior in high school in 2006? Yes. Oh, I feel old, man. You're not old. Uh, look, I feel old, it. old is a mindset. You're not old. Thank you very much for the, uh, for the encouragement. <laughs> my knees say otherwise, man. So... Before we get into the music, I want to bring up um, a quote of yours. A quote? Yeah. I say a lot said. of terrible things. And you said this at the end of this quote. It was a status on Facebook. Okay. It's sports related. Yes. You said, and I quote, Embiid and Simmons, greater than sign. Yes. Jordan and Pippen. Yes. Jo- um, Embiid and Simmons, greater yes. than sign. Kobe and Shaq. Yes. Was there one more she mentioned? Uh, Probably was, but I can't remember. Did you mention LeBron and Kyrie? No, 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 no. I didn't have mentioned them. Okay. I intentionally mentioned the greatest people ever. <laughs> okay. There's a reason behind it. All right. It's all strategy. So, all right. So, please break that down because we are Philadelphians. Yes. So, why do you feel so strongly I about I don't that? feel that strongly. <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> if I post links mm. on Facebook, people are not that likely to click them. Right. What I generally do is say ridiculous things on Facebook like that make everybody argue with me for like 70 comments and then post my link in those comments to the songs. That's really all it's about. If you go back, not to, I don't know if I did it particularly on that one because I might have forgot to, but most of my arguments that I create, I'll end up posting my new single in the, at the end of that argument. So most of the things I say, I don't necessarily, I'm not 100% serious. I do love him being in Simmons. Yeah, right. But that one, I knew a lot of people would be like, that's so ridiculous. Oh, I hate him so much, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, check out my song, by the way. And then you, because you'll get that as a notification rather than having to scroll past it. You know what I'm saying? Right. That comes into there like he replied, and you see the reply is right out. Strategy. Yes. You are a troll meister. Yes. 
Now, now, here's the thing about this. Now, which is good. This leads me to my next point. Okay. We're in an era, and you are an independent artist. Correct. Which means you have to market yourself any way that you can mm-hmm. without selling yourself out. Right. So what other ways have you found to be um, successful in terms of marketing yourself, your music, and all that you've done? I mean, it's always been, just in general, I mean, so for starters, my personality, um, I've always been, I guess, borderline polarizing, I guess that I can use that word. People, everybody loves to debate with me and stuff like that. So that makes people pay more attention to me just in general on social media. And then my music comes out and it's good as well. So that like helps a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I use my relationship a lot on social media because um, like my girlfriend's beautiful and everybody like loves seeing us and how we interact and how we go out and eat and all that stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I love them. And then I backed it up with like amazing music. So they're like, then he, you know what I mean? That's another way to get certain people who wouldn't have been paying attention to me to pay attention. Like it's a lot of women, for instance, who may have not clicked my links, but like they like seeing my relationship and then they're like, oh, let me click his links now because I like him or I like them, whatever, that they found out that I'm really good. So it's a lot of different, a lot of different things. Using my real life mostly, that's what it, basically, because I'm a cool person. Indeed, you're a cool person. And side note, his lovely girlfriend is here with him <laughs> right now. Um, she's, uh, she's currently uh, handling a, a meal right now in her Halloween attire. May I guess that you are Minnie Mouse? Yes. It's Halloween. It's Halloween, everybody. Halloween, everybody. <laughs> and my costume is currently an overworked nine to five person. Damn. <laughs> and my knees will not tell you otherwise. <laughs> That's awesome. Um so so I first heard of you um via Chill Moody. Yes. You know, as we all those who may not know, Chill Moody is a hard working artist in Philadelphia. Yes. I was almost gonna use the term Local artists, sometimes saying local artists sounds disrespectful yeah, as hell. It, it, people take it. Yeah, and he's, he's he's bigger than that. I mean, he tours, he's been on Sway, he's been on Rosenberg. Yeah, I think once you've had a couple of national looks, then it's a little bit different. So, I mean, you know, he's been on Hot 97 and Sway and those types of things. So, I, I guess you can, right. you, can, you can put it past that. Okay, that point. No, no more local. Right. Out of stratosphere. All right, so I heard about your music via... And we're also yeah. cousins. You guys are cousins? Yes, our mothers and sisters. So music runs in your family? No. We're the only... Well, no. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you're familiar with Boogie Mandela. No, I'm a, no. Okay, he's another rapper, but he's our cousin also. Okay. So, just us three, though. We're the only three. Well, no. I mean, Boogie's whole family is... is a, they're amazing singers. And okay. They have a good... Like, his his mother is, like, one of the best musicians. Yeah. It's, it's a few musicians, yeah. But yes, we are cousins. I had no idea. Yeah, I pushed him in a thorn bush when we were like five and seven. I pushed him in this thorn bush, and he was he was fucked up. <laughs> I didn't tell him that I'm the one that did it. We was playing football. I didn't tell him I was the one that did it until years later. He didn't know. How did he react when he found out? He was just like, damn, that's crazy. That's all you can can't say. Beli- can't believe that was you. Yeah. It was me, baby. It was yeah. me. Yeah. But yeah, we are cousins. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how it started, because when mm. I was... um. They was rapping before I was producing, so okay. it was like I was kind of watching him and Boogie. They were like a group at the time, um, so I was watching them two, you know, rap. And it's not that I wanted to be included, but mm. um, I mean, Chill's the older cousin, and and um, well, Boogie's younger than me, but we're all around the same age, so I'm like hanging with them, and they're they're rappers all the time. So 
I kind of like picked up on certain stuff. And then, I mean, um, around that time, Little Brother Minstrel Show had came out. Um, and Nice Wind was my favorite producer. Um, and I kind of was like, and I had found out that he was using Fruity Loops. And I was kind of like mind blown by that. I'm like, oh, wait, so I can just go by this program I learned too. So I kind of just went out and did it. And it became my thing from there. That's interesting. Um, early on, you've shown that you've respected the arts by actually buying Fruity Loops. Yes, I did buy it from 8th Street Music at the time, I think. Where was that at? Where was that at? 8th and something. Well, it closed, right? was it 8th and Market. That's interesting music, though. It's not there no more. Yeah, it's going. Yeah. All, the, all the music joints are pretty much yeah. going. Uh, Mines and Sounds of Market. Yeah, now they sell rugs and oils in there. It's. Well, I had the um the other day. I had to buy a DJ stand. I couldn't find one. And it, like they was trying to send me to like Drexel Hill. I finally found some place on Ninth and Market that sell like equipment and stuff. But um, it's called um I don't even remember what it's called. But it's like some Asian guy running it. He was cool as fuck. He was cool as shit. You gotta have the hookup. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And that's crazy. Um seeing how music is constantly changing in the city. Yeah. You know, we come from a long line of everything. Production International Records. And we had so many artists got their start here. Like, David right. Bowie's, one of the most popular albums, um, Young Americans, was recorded here at, um, oh man, not Cycles, what's it called? Um, the studio that shut down, it was right behind Sigma? To Sigma Sounds. Yeah. Yep. Um, recorded the album there. And you had, like, Patti LaBelle, The Walk of Fame. Like, all these people were here, but it feels like an afterthought yeah. to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Even with the roots, as popular as they were in the era and as they somewhat are now via Fallon, I still feel like they don't really get the respect they deserve for yeah, what they, they've they done. Don't, they don't at all. No. They've done so. With you, it's like, how do you, how does this, this city's current musical landscape make you feel as an artist, not only as an artist, but also as a fan of music? How does it, I mean, so as an artist, I honestly don't like think about that type of thing. Okay. I just worry about what I contr can control. And like my concern is just making myself the best that I can be at doing what I'm doing. And if I, if I, I just feel like if, if I believe I'm the best at it, everything else will follow so i don't really care about you know how the fans react to i mean how the how the city's landscape or anything like that is i just feel mm. like i need to make myself the best right and everything will come from that but it is kind of weird you know sometimes seeing like for instance the roots not being appreciated the way they should be like i've had people tell me they didn't know who they were or people that thought they came from following like oh jimmy Fallon. i'm like no they got like 20 how many albums do they have like, like, like what, 16 <laughs> damn yeah so it's like that type of stuff is kind of weird and then even with the um the local scene it's like it's just you know here it's like um and I, I can't compare it to another city because I've, I've I mean I've lived I spent time in Baltimore but like I never they they it's different there <laughs> but I mean um it's always weird where it's like you know um I just don't feel like the same type of like pride is here with our our fan base it's like I, I f when um an artist is really really dope I just feel like everybody should be like all right this is it we rocking with him and send him out of here not out of here like send him away like to the moon, I mean, mm -hmm. and I don't feel like we do that. I feel like everybody's like, my man is better. Every single, or or either I'm better or my man is better, and everybody ends up split up because of that. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of it's never like, not that we need to agree on something, but right. our support needs to go behind these the guys that we have that are that are dope. 
rather than trying to make everything some kind of competition. We get a we get a we get a we get a joint album from Atlanta every like every week. We had one last night. Yeah, and it's crazy. And we get we get a joint album every week from them. Not saying and I and I'm not one of the people that believe everybody needs to collaborate and that will solve all the problems. I'm just saying like we don't get behind our stuff like that here. Um, in in terms of in terms of music, I don't I don't think at all. Like it, I think we all need to, you know, whoever's dope. Everybody needs to be like, all right, boom. I, I don't even go to parties and hear anybody, you know, local, except for when I'm DJing. <laughs> You're right. I mean, think about it. All I hear is like out of town. Yeah. I never heard anything. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird. So remember back in the day, well, not back in the probably a couple of years ago, there was the idea of PSP, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. And PSP like, fully support Philly, fully support Philly. But, but they had an asterisk next to it. It was like, please support Philly if it's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then everybody's so negative and became like, uh, and you, you know, you get Philly support Philly. Man, Philly support Philly, that's stupid. Or it's like, it becomes a two side. It's like a whole other side that just hates the idea just so they can hate the idea and post a status about hating the idea every other day. Or post a status how it's Philly support Philly until it's something, something, something. Like every day became somebody posting about how they hated the idea. I'm like, just like I don't understand the, the you know what I mean the negativity and stuff. Right. If something's good, just we should all be you know supporting, supporting it. Yeah. Hey man, in the immortal words of uh, a Wu Tang hook, it can all be so simple. <laughs> it can all be so simple. <laughs> um. So let's focus back on you, Hank McCoy, the Beast, formerly Ron Ron. <laughs> My real name is Ronald. Ronald, shout out to you, Ronald. Yes. Real name, no <laughs> gimmicks. <laughs> so, recently, um, you sent me a track featuring yourself as the artiste, of course, and a songwriter producer mm-hmm. by the name of Vaughn. Vaughn J. Vaughn J. Yes, he's from uh, Willingboro, Willingboro, New Jersey. Willingboro, New Jersey. Correct. Where is Willingboro, New Jersey? Uh, it's not that far, and it's nothing there but but musicians. I don't know what's in their water, but um, Mike Zombie's from there. The guy that made Starter from the bottom. Cardiac is there. He's made like everything. It's all these people from this little town, yeah. So Vaughn J is one of those people that live there. Wow. That means he's destined for greatness. Yes, pretty much. Because Cardi, um, Cardiac, and Mike Zombie are and like... many, many more of them, um, too. Like, I, um, Mike Zombie had a um, charity game mm-hmm. um, that I played in. Um, and, like, my whole half my team was, like, producers. It was like, it was like 20 Grammys on my team. <laughs> like, it was weird. I'm just looking around like, damn. And soon, 21. Probably 20, 20. 21, like 37 or something. I'm trying to be like, you're getting more than one. <laughs> hey, man, you, you're rolling your way, man, because now the, the track that I heard that you did was Vaughn J. Mm-hmm. Ride Out. Yes. I love it. Thank you. When you send it to me, because it's the thing about music. When people send me music, I'm never sure what I'm going to hear. You're expecting not that good, though, usually. Uh, but what, what I learned is that to never have any more expectations. <laughs> right. Never again. Because there's times where I'm like, this guy's like, yeah, I'm the best in the world. We got the beats. We got the girls. 
We out here. We <laughs> wear Jordans, man. We fly. And I get it. Mm-hmm. And I put it inside my iTunes. And I cry tears of, of pure misery. Right. It's like, how dare you send me this garbage? <laughs> and there's like, what? You don't like this, man? He's a hater. I'm like, my brother, you sound like a uh, different franchise boys knockoff. Right. But you're 10 years too late. You know, like the music, it just doesn't. A lot of people are just so stuck on trying to copy what's already done. Right. So for me, it's like with hip hop, I'm kind of I'm kind of going in and out of the upside down world. You know, Stranger Stranger Things reference right there for anybody who didn't know. But like going up inside the upside down because I'm not really sure where I'm getting anymore from music. Right. But when you sent it to me, it was as if I was kind of sent back into um, like Back to the Future. Because the production reminded me of all the things that I liked about like '80s R&B music right. on the production side, right. but the songwriting was modern. Yes, but it was it was a modern, but still classy. And what's what I mean by that? Modern in terms of you know he wasn't sound like you know he came out in 1985 with it, but the music was very, it was positive. Right. You know? Yeah. Because, like, a lot of times now, if I hear an R&B song. <laughs> it's hoes and stuff in this. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. dude. I, I, I wrote that recently, too. I just don't like R&B with curse words in it. It bothers me. Yo. Like, I don't want to hear love songs with profanity. It, I, it's something about it that, and don't get me wrong, there's some that are really good, and I just have to suck it up and listen to them, but it's hard yeah. for me to listen to love songs with curse words. I just can't do it. It do. It makes no sense. I grew up like, um, not that much older than you. Probably got four years older, right? Yeah. So, old, but like, <laughs> I grew up um, listening to seventy soul, 60s, 70s soul, eighties funk or whatever, nineties. Um, but I stopped really caring about R and B. I want to say around the two thousands. Mm-hmm. My favorite groups in the late nineties were besides people. Everybody says Jodeci. They were cool, but I like 112. I like Drew Hill. I liked Joe and Carl Thomas Emotional. Right, yeah. Because there was things in the song where the man could be as honest and as even even be like crass if you wanted to be, but he disguised it well with great writing. Right. Nowadays, you have, and these people, I'm not going to mention any names because I'm not trying to like, Go at people's necks, but when you have these R and B cats out there out here now, who are talking about beating it up, <laughs> but like not to say beating it up, like give me that pussy, girl. It's just, it's just like yeah, yo, you don't want to hear that from the from the crooner. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. hear that. And like, like so check this out. When um when Omarion had that song come out a couple years ago, featuring Chris Brown and Janae Aiko. Like yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, all the respect. Shout out to eating, gro- shout out to groceries. Nothing wrong with eating groceries, but it's like it's an R and B song. Yes, it's on the radio. Yes, and kids listen to the radio. Yes, and I want to hear the little kids talking about, hey, you want the groceries? It's the market. Well, you know, <laughs> it's the market. That's that. So it's like I understand people talk about why well, I'm an artist. I can express myself as an artist, but I feel like it cheapens it because you're not you're not trying anymore. Because there were songs 
like um it's an old funk song um called uh like chicken heads and he's talking about it's sexual in innuendo but if you read the lyrics to the song and you listen to it. You won't even know. You won't even know. Yeah, they happened, there was a lot of joints like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was the, uh, there was an art to it. There was an art to being sexual without being overt about it. Mm -hmm. Without being like, yeah, I'm out here nasty with it. Not, not, not that anything, there's anything wrong with expressing yourself in sexuality, but where's, where's the art that's involved with it? For a perfect example, one of my favorite albums of the late 1990s and actually of all time is Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope. I hate Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Yeah. All right. Damn. All <laughs> right. So, <laughs> well, for this, this is bad. I shouldn't have said that. So she might ask me for beats, and then I'll and then I'll and then I'll pull this up. That was a mistake. And he said it earlier. He said sometimes <laughs> says things he don't really mean. Wink, yeah. Wink. Yeah. See. Hey, <laughs> we all win this tonight. <laughs> but so for that album, she came out with Velvet Rope, right? Yeah. Velvet Rope was about. It was about like liberation, like sexuality, and all these things. Mm -hmm. But she was able to enca to encapsulate all these things on this project without going overboard. She danced a fine line, yeah, yeah. but it was never her being like, "Boom, there it is," you know. So I I honor and I really really respect what you guys are doing. And that's because too, like, well, a we're not like imitating what's on the radio because that's just lame but b right. we're actually like good guys in real life so you're not going like vaughn is married uh, he's like a married christian man and stuff with a kid so he was a gospel rapper first like uh, you know what i mean so he's not you're not going to get through things from him when we're discussing song concepts and stuff like i don't live like that so those things aren't coming to my mind i don't talk like that in general so it's like the you know when we're discussing ride out we was talking about like happy positive stuff you know what I'm saying? You, you aren't going to get things that a lot of current acts would say. And also, he is a nice guy, okay? That's how I know, I know you're a nice guy, okay? Because, first of all, <laughs> your girlfriend's a nice person, okay? Yes. And, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's an even thing here. You know, I couldn't see her being with somebody who wasn't a nice guy, right? Number two, they came to my house in khakis. You know what I'm saying? Came from work. <laughs> I know you came from work. Came from work. <laughs> hey, but still, brother, you came in. You're right. That, 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 your, your, your entire attire, sir, says, hey. I'm like, a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. You know, I like, I like walks. That was pretty funny. It's, it's facts. That I was mean, really good. It's facts. I, just, I, I, <laughs> I, I observe and I peep game. Game has been peeped. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that's also very, very good that you guys are nice guys mm -hmm. in terms of making music because it, it creates a statement of saying, hey, it's good to be yourself. Right, yeah. No matter what you are. Because for some odd reason, this misconception was put forth in music that you had to be a certain kind of artist, certain kind of dude to get attention. Rather, like, you had to be a hardcore thug dude and rap. Or nowadays in R&B, you got to, like, you know what I mean, have the taco meat out. But um, a lot of times You get the idea If you don't really pay attention That that's who's winning Like even now If you look at rap music You know people would, Like for instance I always talk about how people Like um, uh, generalize I guess this era of rap And they use acts like 
they'll use um, Little Uzi and Little Yachty and everybody everybody with colored dreads, basically. They'll, like, you know, everybody, anytime they say anything about that, that's who they're talking about. Where, where in actuality, the most successful acts are J. Cole and Kendrick. Right. So it's like, uh, I guess they base that off of radio or social media. I don't know how you're deciding what type of thing you need to, you know, I need to be this type of act. Mm. But they're never correct <laughs> at all because the two regular guys are the guys that are winning by far the most. So it kind of doesn't make any sense. The regular guys are winning. I repeat, the regular guys <laughs> are winning. I don't think either of them have a chain or anything. And they're the ones that are by far the most successful. And, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But you d- I can see how somebody would get the impression that you need to, you know, have dreads and be on trap beats and have choppers and <laughs> I can see how you would get that idea, but it's just not correct. Right, it's not accurate. Uh, see, I, I like that because I mean, I just followed you your, your entire like your career, the things you've done, and you've always have been the same person artistically. Right. Well, well, well yeah. What I mean is like you're not like one day you're not here in khakis, right? You know, and like I never saw you outside. You know, bandanga what it is. You know, you don't want to call it what it is, but you won't. What's cracking, cuz? You know what I mean? Like, you were never riding that, that fine line. You were always that same, in the same realm of what you are now. Correct, yes. Creatively. And I think that's, not only is that dope, I think it's also inspiring for others who are coming up. Mm-hmm. If they can see you doing what you're doing, say, hey, I'm finding my own skin. But see, here's the other thing that I was going to say. There are times, like, I want to make songs about selling drugs not make the beats for those songs because i enjoy that stuff so Mm -hmm. if i can find the best dope dealer rapper Mm -hmm. like i would gladly do his entire album because i like that i would make all the shoot 'em up songs you would like to hear that stuff is interesting to me like i don't feel like i have to like relate to it directly in order to i can appreciate somebody else's story so like i said i will make the most violent song ever i have no problem (laughs) i actually would like to like i kind of am like um i don't know if you listen to sean price but he B. Oh, okay. When he was like hardcore raps and Mary J. Blige records. Yeah, yeah. That kind of describes me. I mean, I listen to Gucci Man and Celine Dion. But there's not really that much in between. <laughs> like I don't listen to like much J. Cole, like or right. like, nah, he's extremely good, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying when I'm you know, I listen to like hard rap and soul music and pop. I think like, I'm the same way. But, like, <laughs> Ariana just, Grande. Yeah. I love Ariana Grande. I haven't I haven't gotten that far yet. I'm working on it. Ariana Grande? Yeah. She's very good. Listen to Tattooed Heart. So it's a song, Tattooed Heart. I Honestly, there have been days before I started making beats. I will play that song for hours straight before I get started. Really? Yes. See, now, I'm agreeing with <laughs> you, and I'm listening to what you're I'm saying. I'm so serious. I, I know you are, but at the same time, I'm seeing a shaking head saying no. <laughs> no. It's, it's like an, like an I'm angel. going to send it to you after this, and you're going to listen to it one time, and tell me if it's not creepy. I'll listen to it. It's I'll, amazing. Dude, I'll, I'll listen to anything. One time and not right, following yeah, it because I'm telling you, open minded people gotta appreciate music. Goodness gracious, I love Ariana Grande. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm really, 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 really hooked on Fifth Harmony. They're actually pretty dope. I, I'm like, Fifth Harmony is my, I don't really have a what's it called when you like something that you're not supposed to like. Uh, um, it's not a fetish, right? No, 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 no. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a fetish. Pardon me, <laughs> what's it called when it's like, a, um, th- no, this is my like. 
this is what's your guilty pleasure? Guilty, yes. Fifth Harmony is my. I, I don't have those because I don't really care. But right. if I had, if I would call something that Fifth Harmony, I like. I love Fifth Harmony. Yeah, good videos. Now, I know one of them <laughs> left. Yeah. Are, are there still Fifth Harmony with four people in it? Yeah. Um. What's her name? Hathaway. She was on Twitter one day. She was like, "How you call Fifth Harmony and you singing um like two part harmonies or something? Something like she said like that." And the whole Twitter went after her. But anywho, yeah. After Layla Hathaway. Yes, she said that. You can, first of all, you can't come out of Layla. Her daddy's Donnie, cuz. All right, it's true. But it's, it's his Twitter now, social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. don't care about history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't care. Yeah, not at all. That's how Trump got But president. yeah, I love Fifth Harmony, man. All right. Yeah, I've seen the videos. They, and the, uh, those ladies can actually and sing. Demi Lo- and Demi Lovato. I'm tell you something about Demi Lovato. I know where you're about to go with this. Yes. <laughs> um, to quote the um, the great poet laureate MJG <laughs> on his song, um, Forever. Uh, might, might have been Forever from the album. He, he was referring to Oprah. He says, I'll marry her and keep her. So that's how I feel about Demi Lovato. Because for how, part of my language, I know ladies in the, in the room, so I'm keep as clean as possible. Yes. She was on Snapchat, and she decided to be Selena for Halloween. I don't like that. First of all, let's <laughs> I don't think. I, never mind. Go ahead. Demi Lovato needs to sit down. She okay. can't be Selena. <laughs> she needs to be. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> but look. But the, but the visuals yes. of her as, as Selena, yes. it changed my life for the better. I understand. I quit smoking cigarettes. Damn. I don't smoke cigarettes. Right. But, but I quit, quit anyway. I got you. I quit anyway because she was that amazing. Damn. Yeah, but like, I feel like, what you mentioned about music being guilty pleasure, it's like, why is it that we're not supposed to like certain things? I don't know. I always like laugh because, um, like, you know, it's like when you're a guy, when you're like a black guy, and you're, and you're listening to anything other than rap, it's like weird. Like, you, me and you riding in the car, not you probably wouldn't do it, but you riding with a car with dudes, and you turn on an R&B song, and they're like, yo, it's four niggas in the car. Like, do you, have you heard that before? Yes! Okay, so before rap existed, like, our dads wasn't riding around listening to rap. They were listening to, probably listening it's to Stylistics! Like, yeah, they were love songs, right? Right, Blue Magic. You wasn't looking at them like they was a punk because they were listening to Stylistics. I don't understand where that came from. Me either. Like, I don't gotta listen to Mob Deep in the car with you. I can listen to my Selena Dion. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I was at work the other day, and I was singing. Um, I was singing a song, um, like an R and B joint, and I got the weird look from my coworker, like, "Nigga, are you singing that song?" But I'm like, I like it. Yeah, right. It's a, it's an R and B. Nothing wrong with it. I'm singing the song, Nothing bro. Nothing wrong with it. And and and, and when I'm making these R and B joints, that like friends of me and Vaughn are making, mm-hmm. you know, it's always like a um. Not like a, um, I think it's opening up more where dudes now, there was a time where it was like guys just act like they couldn't listen to R&B. I think it's changed R&B or pop or anything. I think it's changing more. I think people just in general are being more diverse now. Mm-hmm. But still, when I'm saying like, you know, dudes is getting these genres and they hear it because it's me. But it's like, you know, you don't get to saying it like, nigga, this is great whether it's R&B or rap. Just admit that it's amazing. You don't got to act like it's a chick song. Right. It's not a chick song. It's just a good ass song. You know what I'm saying? I just always wonder about that. Like, how we trying to throw gender into music that way? I mean, well, it, I understand it because when I made the song, I do make it for girls. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, but I mean, like, it's a point like only not make it for girls, not make it for girls, but in my mind, like, women will enjoy it. Yeah, like I, that's what I think in my mind. Like, I make like. That's how I, yeah, I don't visualize, like, yo, all these dudes in this party dancing. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm making it, like, 
seriously, I have like if you look at like even a lot of my beat titles, mm-hmm. there'll be stuff like um, insert my girlfriend's name on a boot. Like I literally have titled stuff like that because that's like what I see when I make the beat. So like I'm literally making the beats for women to dance to. Like I'm thinking to myself, how would they react to this and stuff like that? It's mm-hmm. just that that don't mean the dudes can't like it. <laughs> like it wasn't my intention for y'all not to like it or to front on it. It's still amazing. Right, it's, it's what it is, because, yeah. like, listen, I listen to Sade all day, every day. Yeah. And, yes, she is a woman who sings about things that she deals with in her life. Doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. Doesn't mean I can't, like, understand or relate to what she's talking about, because she's of the opposite gender than I am. Yeah. You know? But I think that's always interesting for us, objectivity, when it comes down to art. So, I want to ask you more about this project with Vaughn. Yes. Um, there's another song that I heard. Mm-hmm. I won't mention it, because... Sworn to Secrecy. But the song was fire as well. Thank you. So um, I know off the mic people are discussing the product project. So I want you to go in more in, into depth about the future of this project. Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, me and Vaughn basically probably in um, what month is October. We're in October now. So probably October I want to say maybe April. Um I just decided like I wanted to start working with him because um I initially had heard he has this song called Thank God that I heard on his SoundCloud that I just thought like his hooks are like were just super impressive. He has another one called Sore. So after I heard Thank God, I went down this on SoundCloud and like every hook was like crazy. So I'm just like and as I was saying to you earlier, I'm like when I hear him, you know, in basketball, like a lot of times you hear them. I, I, I compare everything to basketball. It's the only way. I, that's the only way I know that comparison. But you know how they just say, like, you want your point guard to be an extension of the coach on the floor? Yes. Okay. I want artists to be an extension of me because I'm not doing vocals. So when I hear Vaughn, I think he's doing everything that I would have been doing if I was an artist. Like, that's the first thing I thought when I was hearing his music. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to just send him a bunch of beats. And in, like, three days, he sent me, like, the first two songs. Um, one was Ride Out. One was basically what we intended to be the intro mm-hmm. uh, to the project. And then um, later on, the one that I sent you recently is the song we have called Don't Do It. It's me, Vaughn, and actually Chill is on it also. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is actually the newest song we've done. Um, but yeah, right now we just have a collection of songs. <coughs> the intention was for us to do a full project. Mm-hmm. Um, some days I wake up and I feel like I want to just keep releasing singles because we have so many, many great ones. But I mean, right now we're just basically continuing doing songs. And each day, we literally start texting like 6 a.m. each day with new concepts. Um, we got like another song called The Chase. Um, there was a, I might get the comedian wrong, but I was watching, I mean, I, I, I just, I, before I start making beats, I usually will sit on YouTube for like a long period of time, just browsing random stuff. And I came across this stand-up and there was this, this joint, like, all you're thinking about is women and sex, women and sex. All you think about is women and sex. And don't you know there's more important things in the world than chasing women? And the person was talking to him was like, I know that, I know that. He said, good, what's more important than chasing women? And the dude was like, catching them. And I was like, oh my God, that's a song. Um, so we made a song called The Chase, which is about, like, um, just basically how, like, that never-ending idea of chasing women is kind of stupid mm-hmm. because it's much better with the life that, like, me and Vaughn, for instance, are living. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we got that, John. The Don't Do It one is about, like, um, like a woman um, trying to approach the guy and it's kind of telling her don't do it, you know, stick with what you have over there please and leave me alone like <laughs> it's pretty much the concept of that one but yeah most of them most of the songs every, pr- literally all the songs are coming from like real life 
situations or whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying, like that. We'll, like, literally talk. And from that conversation, whether it's about, like, you know, something, a conversation I had with Roxanne or a conversation he had with his wife or something, we'll end up turning that into a song, song, song concept somehow. Which is the same thing that I actually did with um, an album that I had with uh, Bino and Chill Moody back in 2014. Like, Who Do You Love More? Like, those were all songs that came from just conversations about, like, relationships and stuff. I remember that concept project. Now, I think the album cover, Chill, had on a suit, right? Did Chill have on a suit? No, 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 no. That's the mo- that's more recent. Okay. Who Do You Love More was an animated album cover where um, okay. it was us three. Um, um, what was the game show called? Love, love, game, love connection or something where you had like the girl on the screen and the three guys sitting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the concept that we came up with, which is like another way of marketing ourselves, we had no budget or whatever. So mm-hmm. we were like, um, I, I don't know how we were brainstorming or whatever. And I think I came up with the idea of calling "Who do you love more?" and like, yo, we should make them like act like we have to make them choose. Literally, "Who do you love more?" Chill, Pank, or Bino. Mm-hmm. So like, even when we first released it, we initially made three different album covers, um, because the idea was I'm like. I, if we make three different album covers, you know, and tell them who do you love more, like pick which one you like. A lot of them are only forced to buy three different, three album, same album three times. They have all three covers, stuff like that. Just ways to make more money and things like that. Um, but yeah, the who do you love more joint came out in 2014. Like I said, that was all just stuff that was like conversations about relationships that turned into all songs, which is pretty much the same way this Vaughn joint is coming about. Just a, just a completely different sound with this one though. Right. Looking forward to hearing more of the uh, finished product. It's pretty good. It's actually incredible. I like the confidence. It's actually, just truth. <laughs> Further, I don't even lie about my music. Cause if I made some songs that ain't that good or they mm. just cool, I'm like, this song is cool. But no, these are incredible. They're mm, they're really, 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 really good. They're really good. Yes, yes. They're really, really good. And listen, people say that to me all the time, but I actually heard the music. Yes, and it's indeed really, 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 really good because it wasn't really, really good. We're having a conversation with this guy right now. Yes, he actually heard the song. Said, "Hey, I want you on my podcast." That's how it happened. That's how it happened. Because the song was so good. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, facts indeed. Now, um, I want to flip it to. You said Knife Wonder is your favorite producer. Correct. Now, I know this is cliche as all hell, but do you have a uh, a top three or a top five producers? Oh, uh, for sure. Um, you want me to give you the top, my top producers? Yeah, any any order, you don't have to be the t- This best. is not an order or anything, but this would be, I mean, like, Ninth Wonder, Alchemist, DJ Premier. Those are my three favorites. DJ Premier, by the way, made me the number one song, hip-hop song of 2014. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Song I produced, Bear Gang Initiation by Jack Frost and Malik B, formerly of The Roots, was the number one hip-hop song of 2014, according to DJ Premier, on his year-end list that he does annually. Number two song was Nostalgia by Kendrick Lamar and Pusha T, which means I'm better than Kendrick Lamar and Pusha T. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, I actually, Yeah, thank you. Uh, I I, know that was the first time I cried over music. Really? Yes, I, I'm dead serious. I didn't know what to do. No, so, okay. I, and I didn't even, and I don't, I, so this is how it happened. I mm-hmm. was like, I had this one, this, this girl, I still don't even know her name, but she's like been following my music for like 100 years, and she's from the UK. Um, she follows me on all social media, and one day she hit me up saying DJ Premier was playing my song. It was like on New Year's or New Year's Eve or something, mm-hmm. saying he was playing the song. And I was like, what? It was on Twitter. I was like, what? Okay, whatever. 
the next thing you know, um, you know, a couple more people heard it. He was oh, he he has a show on uh Sirius mm-hmm. or XM or Sirius and XM the same thing. I think did they come together? I think they did. Okay, yeah. so he has a yeah. show on there, and I guess um he had got it from DJ Eclipse. DJ Eclipse played the song, and mm-hmm. then DJ Premier basically told the story. He, like literally said he went in there when he heard him was like, "What the hell is that? I need that joint." Played it all year. So then, um, the next year, I guess. My times are messed up, but the end of the year, mm. that year, um, we were joking like, yo, you're going to be on DJ Premier Year Endless. Ha, 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 because he played the song so much. So I was like, you know, he showed the song a lot of love. I probably will be number 25 on there or something. And then I wake up the day he drops the list and Chill texts me like, what if he was number one on the list? And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. He's like, yo, check the list. And I go and it's on every site like XXL and every website and then wow. on DJ Premier site and I was like yo this joint is really number one on his list that's kind of crazy and like seven tears came down seven seven tears I was like this is insane and then I hit him up on then I hit him up on Twitter and he was like um, you know yeah I love that joint send me whatever other songs you got then I met him at the Roots Picnic it was just it was a lot wow man it was pretty cool I met Ninth Wonder also and he had Sigma and I played him What's for Breakfast, which was the most popular song on the album Who Do You Love More, which I was just talking about that I did mm. with Chimudi and Bino. We were all in a room, it was me and a bunch of other artists, and everybody was just playing joints for Fonte and Ninth Wonder. Mm. And you know, there were all like lukewarm reactions, and What's for Breakfast got by far the best reaction. So in my mind, I was like, all right, if my two favorite guys think I'm dope, that means I'm really, really good. Yeah. I'll take it that way. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Alchemist. Um, Ninth Wonder and, and DJ Premier would probably be my three favorite three favorite. But like it's a lot of current dudes I like like a whole whole I think Metro Boomin is unbelievably good. And mm-hmm. I think because he's doing like track it's like this East Coast bias that we naturally have when you grow up in Philadelphia or New York or anything like that where you know, like you'll hear a lot of people say all this stuff sounds the same, all that trap stuff sounds the same. I'm like, y'all know all of them say that all of our stuff, say, all of our boom bap shit sounds the same. <laughs> you know, it's not like yeah. it's it's kind of a silly thing to me. I think Metro Boom and like I was listening to the 21 and uh, Offset joint today, and it's like the warden, right? Yeah, yeah, in my mind, like he makes um, he's better than I don't want to say anybody ever, like, but because that's extreme. But he's amazing at like making stuff that sounds perfect with whatever artist he's working with voice like when i listen to that the way that 21 and offset sound on those beats is it's just so it's too perfect i can't explain it but like that's like so I, mean, I listen to that listening like i'm i want to achieve this when i work with artists you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so Met, i think metro is is amazing um it's a couple other people too and he and, and he's like on an insane role right now too because last album before that the other collab album um yeah. was with him as 21 yes Right before that, he just does joints with different people. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, like, there was a time it was like, it was, I remember when Zaytoven was killing. Then you had Zaytoven done, twi- Sunny Digital. Then you had Sunny Digital. Then you had Metro. And Metro, to me, is the one who's like pretty much like he's taking the ball and running with it. But I remember years ago, like there was one guy who was in a similar place, but I haven't really heard anything from him since. Probably talking about Lex Luger, my main man, exactly. Yeah. Lex Luger just dropped a new tape with Currency, actually. Really? Brand new joint last week, yeah. It's, it's, it? it's good. I like it a lot. I don't even, I never really listen to Currency, but I actually like this. Oh, cool. But I don't know, yeah, Lex Luger kind of, I don't know. The last thing, I, like, it was like he did the thing with um Kanye, the um with the ham on Watch the Throne. Yeah, did he do, who did um, um Niggas in Paris? That's, um, um, 
it wasn't him, was that? Um, he that Hit Boy? Too. Yes, Hit Boy. It was yes. Hit Boy, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Lex Luger did Ham on there. But yeah, um, he definitely had it for like a, it was it, for a minute, and then Metro, Metro, and the, but my favorite thing about all of them guys is if you listen to any of their joints, like even when you listen to the the, the it's a Twenty One Savage Offset and Metro Boomin tape, mm-hmm. but Metro they all bring each other in on projects, you know what I'm saying, and placements and stuff. Like um, Southside is on there all the time. You'll hear Metro Boomin's tag, and then you hear Southside's tag. Mm-hmm. I like would like to see that more often. Like for me, for instance, like I, once I'm in, the, in a position where I'm able to do so, all the producers are talented. I'm going to be. I, I would like to bring the, them in. You know what I'm saying? Right. Any project you get from them guys is like it's going to say Metro Boomin Southside or Sunny Digital or the next song might be. It's going to be like three and four of them all the time. They two and Metro Boomin got a hundred joints they've done together. I, I I I think that a lot of times you know that whoever is popping at the moment. Um, it would be, I think, it would be a good idea to bring the the young guys who need those looks and things the opportunities. And I think what you just mentioned, it that itself would have helped to bridge a lot of the gap that we have in hip hop as a culture. Period. Yeah. Because it's such a dividing line between the quote unquote old school and the new guys now. Yeah. Because it's kind of like these guys said, yeah, those gold guys had it. You know, they hating on us. We gonna blow up. Forget y'all. And the old guys is like, man, y'all dudes is weird. We set the, we set the standards and all that. I need to listen to us, but y'all since y'all not, forget y'all either way. Yeah. And it's like you said, there needs to be that. There needs to be that connection between the two, because I have this theory. I know a quick a quick excursion, but it fits into this. Okay, remember when Def Jam was needed for president, right? And people were like, how come LL didn't get it? Versus why Jay-Z did it. I said, well, Jay-Z brought in artists under him. Whether it be Young Guns, Memphis Bleak, Freeway, and all that, he had his acts with them. The people he was working with, they were under his umbrella. But LL, he may have worked with a lot of people, but he, di- he didn't have anybody he he brought in with him. I think that may, that may have been the deciding factor. Right, yeah. So I think even with like with, with what you're saying, it goes back to that point of like, if you have the ball, pass it off to somebody else before you're, you're washed up. Yeah, and especially if you're old, like <laughs> if you're old and like you already have money and all these accomplishments, it's, why not bring young musicians and things into it? You know what I mean? It, like right. I don't, I'm not one of the people that like thinks everybody needs to like sing Kumbaya and collaborate mm-hmm. to make the world a better place. However, I, like I'm difficult as hell to work with, so I'm definitely not that type of guy, but. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt to like you know bring the younger acts in on things at all. Agreed. If they suck, don't do it. But it's a lot of really really talented people right. that are looking for opportunities, and it's and it's an easy way to to get give them those opportunities. Not give because you don't want to, you know, but you know what I'm saying. Work for it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm gonna ask you a few more things. Here's one question to ask you: Where do you see yourself five years? I see myself with multiple homes, one of them in the Caribbean, and I'm not going to be in Philadelphia a lot because I'm going to be on the beach nice. eating lots of seafood. Beautiful visions. You thought I was going to say something about music? I definitely did, <laughs> yo. I definitely, that, was, that was good. You're a good, you're a good guy. No, uh, I mean, you know, um, like I said, I just really concentrate, con- I'm just really concentrating on like perfecting. I'm DJing now. I don't know if you're aware of this also. Yeah, he has he has a party. 
um, I have to come out and check out when I'm not yeah. feeling old. Yeah, I, every first, <clears throat> so every first Friday, um, Chill Moody, um, the rapper guy, Jason Berger, who is like probably the best entertainment lawyer in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and myself do an event at Heritage, which is uh nine one four North Second Street, Northern Liberties, Northern Liberties, right, right, right across the street from North Bowl. Yep. But we do an event called the Cosign, um, which is. At Heritage, which is basically um, each uh, the three of us each select well, Chill and I select an act, music mm-hmm. act that we are co-signing for the month, and Jay selects a brand that we are, and we each we put them on a stage. You know, um, a lot of times, it, ba- basically the idea is kind of like we want to give you know the up and comer people, not that we're not up and comers also, but mm-hmm. um, artists in the city, um, basically put them in front of our audience. Um, in in most cases we have a larger audience. So we want to put them on that stage and give them the bigger audience, give them that look. Um, so, and, and as what I was just saying, as far as helping, like it's, I mean, for instance, we just had a group on there last time called Camp Candle. And now they, you know, they, they, people saw them there and they just got um, something that they're promoting now and they just got a show from that and stuff like that. So that's kind of like the goal of that whole thing, the cosign. And then with Jay with doing a brand, whether it's a clothing brand or anything, whether it's a podcast, whatever the case may be, he'll mm-hmm. pick anything that he wants, basically, and um, we'll highlight, spotlight them on there too. We've had, you know, um, like I said, clothing brands in the past that have come in and sold their merch there. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um, the com- Philly PR girl, the um, publicist, um, you know, uh, and, and it's also creates a good networking thing too because we get a lot of artists in the crowd, and you know, not only are you coming to see a show, but you get an opportunity. Again, Jay's an amazing lawyer. You can talk to him if you like. You know, <laughs> we have publicists there. We have people that are in the field there that you can actually, you know, go up and talk to and you may have not gotten the opportunity to do so before. Plus, Heritage has amazing food. It does. <laughs> good deal. So, yeah, that uh, so I do that every first Friday and then um, I'm DJing at um, the 700 right down the street from there mm-hmm. every every single Thursday. Um, and then other than that, just random pop-up spot dates and things like that. But, yes, I'm DJing, so I'm, like, really um, – I went to, like, Scratch Academy. Like, I took it serious. A lot of people, like, just pick up DJing and try to use their popularity to get gigs. The tons of people. Like, I went to Scratch Academy because I wanted to actually learn what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I had to yes. learn how to DJ without a computer and, like, actual records. That was really strange. Tell them. <laughs> Yo. Like, that's how they told oh me. I was like, God. wait, what? You want me to match the tempo like this? How am I oh. supposed to do that, sir? But no, yeah. Um, I don't be so petty right now. But <laughs> just continue. Go ahead. Man. Yeah. So yeah, I had to learn actually learn what I'm doing. So like, um, and, and I just didn't want to come out and start doing it and not actually be good because I know what good sounds like. So, um, between that and the producing, I'm really like I said, working on my craft with both of those things and trying to be extremely, extremely good. So in the next five years, I see myself being extremely, extremely good with you know, all the things that come with. No one that's great is just, um, like not doing anything in their field like if you're the best your things are coming to you so all the things that come with being the best that's what's happening in five years how you like that answer yo i'm gonna tell you something right now yes like I'm, I'm shedding like felt tears on the inside what, about the dj anything yeah cause yeah because it's really in the, and i'm and I, I started yo people like people don't even know this now i did use the fact that i'm hank mccoy to get me gigs but mm-hmm. i wanted to be good before i got them because you know pe- nobody knows that i've only been my first gig was january 24th like nobody knows that they think I've been doing it for years. So they they associate with, the, with the, they associate that with the production. Mm-hmm. I've been producing for uh, eleven years, and they 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 put them two together. I haven't been DJing for eleven years. I've been DJing for ten months. I'm just good at it because right. I had a lot of the 
basics and basics and things naturally. Um, you know, I was doing so many remixes with, remixes with producing um, that people were like, "Why don't you just DJ? You're kind of doing it without doing it, kind mm-hmm. of, sort of." So I was like, "All right." And then um, it just was something I had been interested any, in anyway, but I just didn't have the equipment and stuff, and I never got around to buying it because I'm, I'm I don't want to spend money sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> finally, I, you know, like I said, the scr- and and, and uh, um the Scratch Academy thing helped a lot because um shout out to DJ Mike Nice, he was my instructor there. Shout out to Mike Nice, is a good brother right there. Yeah, man. he yeah. was my instructor there, and um like with making beats and stuff, with, with, with like I have no musical background, so I was I started in '06 and I was so bad for a long time because mm-hmm. I had to learn teach myself everything. So actually going to Scratch Scratch Academy like took a lot of the years off of the the learning process. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was faster for me to to, to know what I'm doing and stuff. And now I'm kind of kind of killing things. That you should, and I'm happy that you're doing it. And I'm very happy that you take the craft of DJing as seriously as you as you take it. Right. Because like I, like you mentioned earlier, I, I'm fighting a petty urge right now. For after it's okay. You, it's okay. All right. Let's keep it honest. Yes. There are so many people who are I've encountered as DJs mm-hmm. who can't DJ to save their lives. Correct. But due to an association, due to a certain name, it's like so and so DJ now. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Like the fact that you don't understand the how to transition mm-hmm. between between records. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's pretty sad. It is sad. Like. Get his petty mic here again. I've seen people who pretty much like just discovered DJing like within a few months, not even doing like Scratch Academy, do like knock knock off gigs, you know, like you know, s- small groups. Then the next month, they're doing a big ass event, yeah, right, headlining. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, who, what, where, when, why, how, yeah, I'm asking all those questions. Cause it's like, listen, I've, cause I know people who are DJs for real, like Mike Nice, the homie Sonny, um, Sonny James, Matt Law, my my, uh, my big homie Scheme, yeah. Rich, um, King Britt, all these people who put time in, yeah, carrying records, yeah, who had to climb the ranks to be like get the headline, mm-hmm. and these people just like get it overnight. Yeah, but I just uh, you also have to blame the people who are booking these people because if you Facts. don't, why don't you want quality at your event at all? You just don't care. That's that, that I blame them more than I blame the person. Because why wouldn't you want to take advantage? Why wouldn't you want to get these checks if it's that easy? Because they don't want to. They don't want to pay for quality. Right. Yeah. But I do. Like I said, I do take it like serious. Like I said, I didn't want to even. I didn't want to do gigs until. I, I knew that I was you know able to actually handle and stuff and actually good. Like I actually practiced like mm-hmm. a lot. Dude, whatever you, whatever you're gonna do in the future of five years, whether you be on the beach, beaches a lot, beaches, beaches a lot. You know what I'm saying? Eat, <laughs> eating your seafood. You know what I mean? The finest of seafood. Yes. Um, you're definitely gonna be gonna be uh, you're gonna be on point. You know, you're definitely I'm gonna trying be on point. To. Hey, you, you're already there, man. You know what I mean? You wearing slacks in the crib, B. That's how you know you're already <laughs> successful. You know. Um, okay, so two more questions. Mm-hmm. One. What does nice things mean to you, sir? Um, actually, nice things came from uh, my cousin's neighborhood. Not chill, but our, other, our older cousin. Okay. Um, that's was just like the way they talked. Like, you know how it's done language? Ain't that what it is in my opinion? Yeah. So that's how they talk around there. It, we call it the dome around there. Okay. So that's, that's, I guess, 
so I can say dumb language. So that's mm. just where it comes from. It's like it was like a, a, the neighborhood thing for where we hung out and where my cousins were. Okay. And since it stuck, it became you know everywhere. all that other stuff. It's everywhere. It's a lot of things. I remember when Lil B came, I had based in. I'm like, my goodness. Oh, shit, I forgot we did that at that time. Yeah, I was that there for that crazy. show. My goodness. Damn, I forgot about that show. Yes. Damn. Yes, I've been been around. Yeah. Peep y'all. Yes. Peep y'all. Um, like I love the movement. I love all that you guys are doing because, I mean, you guys are positive people in the city that are making an impact. And for, for you guys having an event like the Cosign, I don't know any other events in the city that's like that. Right, there aren't any other events <laughs> in the city like that. Which is that was the that was the, the reason that we did it because that there aren't any events like that. Like um, you got so I mean, like like no, nah. so you'll have open mics and things, mm-hmm. and those are very very good for you to go out and see new talent and stuff like that. However, right. um, and not that we're <laughs> not that we're we're huge acts, but like attaching, our, our attaching, you know, using Chill's name, using my name to it right. adds a different type of thing to it. You know what I'm saying? That's all. And I'm like, yo, I solved all that. And, it's, and it's really, really good. You know, like, like the last one, the turnout was crazy, mm-hmm. and um, both of the acts killed it. Um, you know, it was like really, really. It's just a decent environment in the heritage too. They got like the big garage door that stays open the whole time. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? It's mm-hmm. like. It's like a garage, so like the big lift up door. It's just it's just a decent atmosphere in there. It's nice. I was yeah. in there. It was uh, had candlelight. And, th- and the then bar. after the two acts perform, they do short sets because we wanted to make it like more of a. Um, it's not. I, I don't want to. I feel like a lot of times when you're coming to a to see local acts, like I don't want to see a local dude perform for an hour. Honestly, I don't know who does. Yeah, you know, unless you know the person. Most likely, you're not really going to want to see them for, for an hour. You know, a lot of times, you, you hopefully you can be pleasantly surprised. But our idea was to get them like let them do short sets, you mm-hmm. know, and then I DJ the rest of the time. It's a party and networking type of thing. I like that. But yeah, I don't want to make people come out to see somebody that they don't never even heard of perform yeah. for two hours. Yeah, I saw that happen before. I didn't like it. Yeah, that and then like when you used to go to the um, I used to be you'll go to the event and it's fourteen X on the event and it's like. I, why don't I wouldn't want to sit through five people I never heard of, let alone you know ten and fifteen. Those are terrible events. Mm-hmm. Not that I know of any specifically, mm-hmm. <laughs> but those are those are not good events. Like nobody wants to nobody go to that. Is. The only people that come to that is the people that are there for their friend who's performing, and then when their friends perform, they leave. So, I, like I said, we do short sets. I want to like it's a party mm-hmm. with performers. That's kind of how we we thought of it. I like that. Nobody wants to see Jimmy and the Swan Gang for yeah. fifteen hours. However, you don't you don't want. However, if Jimmy and the Swan Gang are good, then mm-hmm. you're happy for those twenty minutes that they're performing. Right. That's how it works. You know what I'm saying? You stink. It's like get out of here. Jimmy yeah. And the Swan yeah. Gang. Oh my God, they got five more. He's like, I only got five more for y'all, and you just like, damn. Remix is like, oh god. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So. All right. So. Well, but yeah, cosign first Friday of every month is the cosign. Very good event. At the Her- at Heritage. Heritage. Yeah. Heritage. I'm definitely going to the next one. Friday. Oh, yeah, Friday this week, isn't it? Yes. Cool. Sweet. This week. Sweet. After my rent get paid, I'm sliding through. Like, what up? Cosign everything. A cosign is beer, a cosign is seat, and a cosign is music. <laughs> um, so, um, last but not least. Yes. Hank McCall. Yes. What do you want? Sunsets and 
serenity. Damn. That Damn, is, that was fire, man. Yo. That was very fire. Yo. That was very fire. My phone dropped. Yo. That was really decent. Yo. Yo. No, I want to be. No, th- uh, kidding aside, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want some sort of serenity. That's amazing. And I'm probably guarantee you. I'm going to release either an instrumental mixtape or a song or something called my next. I'm going to release an instrumental project called Sunset and Serenity. I just thought it off the top of my head and that was amazing. And and I'll and I'll credit you on that. I think I appreciate it, but also that's his idea. And I swear, if I see anybody out here still. <laughs> who still steals that, I will see you with Fist of Fury. Or yeah, Fist of Fury. But yeah, I'm just very simple. I just want to be the um, the best uh, producer and DJ that I'm able to be, mm-hmm. and to be very happy with my family. That's all I want. Let me tell you something. I am honored and I'm happy to have had the moment of time to kick it with you, doing this podcast. Yes, very, sir. Very informative, very likable brother. Again. You wore khakis and a button up to my crib. I know. As he was saying, I did. Work, work attire. I don't want to hear that, man. Still very nice, respectable dude. His girlfriend, Roxanne. Yeah. Roxanne, Roxanne. Is oh, wait. Can I say one thing? Yes. Roxanne and I have a um, food blog called F- Foodie and the Beast. That's nice. that. So, so I'm only good at three. I'm only I'm only good at three things. I only mm-hmm. know about three things. It's food and music and, and basketball. That's all I know in life. Okay. So we have a food blog called Food and the Beast where we just travel. On. We like our we like literally we like go to a certain city and mm-hmm. people are like why are y'all going to Rhode Island, nigga? Because you ain't seen the seafood up there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like why not? So if you look at our page, like it's nothing but so yeah. You can follow Foodie and the Beast. Spell P H though, like Foodie, and then I'm the Beast because I'm Hank McCoy. So she's the food, yeah. Wow. So it's food P H O O D I E. Okay. Yeah. And and the beast, yeah. But we have, you know, we do a. If you, you, you know, not, it's to the point there where all my friends, like, if they're taking somebody on a date, they hit me up real fast, like, yo, I need a restaurant real quick. Like, everybody asks me because our food page is so amazing. But yeah, that's another thing I'm into heavy. So DJing, producing, and food. Okay, what's the, the site? So foodiebeast.com. No, no, no. So well, we're going to be getting that back up soon. But okay. right now, um, we have the Instagram page that we're uh, using for that. Um, so yeah, foodie and the beast. Foodie and the beast. Yes, follow Instagram. us. Follow, follow them, us. Please do. Because I like food, you know. And my beats are real good. And his beats is fire. You know, it's not even an exaggeration. It's fire beats. You know, I thoroughly enjoy them. And I, I'm i looking forward to seeing more of what you do and what you do. Because, all right, this might sound kind of sappy, but it's, it's a beautiful situation so I see <laughs> right here, okay? It's a beautiful <laughs> thing that I'm seeing right here. Relationships with people that they care about each other. You can tell, like... You can tell people don't like each other because like their energy is always weird. Like, why are you touching me? Why are you touching me? <laughs> and they're and they're good. They're good. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just he just look. He just offered us some water up in no, here, no, man. No, no. I actually took her water. Oh, he took her water. <laughs> but that's love, though. Love. You can take somebody's water and and, and then not get mad. I just about had it. to confirm that it was okay that I took it. I See looked that? and said, "Can I have he, some of this?" He confirmed that it was okay because <laughs> he's a nice guy. Uh, nice guys do that. Oh man, nice things. So yeah, but I want to say, um, yeah, it was excellent to talk with you. The project's coming soon with you and Vaughn J. It could come any day. I don't honestly don't. We have, like I said, we have a good amount of music. If I wanted to drop something tomorrow, I could. Um, right now, I got the brand new single with Chill Moody called Three Wishes out. That's mm-hmm. available on everything, uh, like iTunes and Amazon and Title and 
all those things that are like that. And three wishes, I heard it um, today. Man, three wishes is my my like um, that's and I be so I used to be like way worse like when as far as talking about how I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. And three wishes is almost bringing it back out of me, but I'm chilling. Because I have like a guitar solo in Three Wishes, like a real one, and like I did a lot of shit in Three Wishes. It's really incredible, and mm-hmm. I just like yeah. Sometimes I be wanting to brag about it, but I be chilling. It's it, really really good, bro. It's dope. I, it made multiple people cry. Like I did that intentionally because um, they can cry. Yeah, they cry when they hear the song. Like it's like come on, man. I'm like that joint. Three Wishes is crazy. Crazy. I was very 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 proud of that beat, and I made it originally in 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, we released it, like, the I guess the 2015 version, whatever year it was. And um, the response was really good. And when he performed it live, the response was always really good. And I, uh, we just thought it would be a good idea to um, re-release it, but, like, a new version. Mm-hmm. So uh, And it, it kind of incorporates some of the element, elements that were in the live version of it into the actual track. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we, we reworked the whole joint. Like, I redid the drums on it. Plus, I got better since I originally made the beat. So... Reworked the drums and everything on it, and just came out so much better. And um, the response is like crazy on it. So yeah, three wishes is out now. Ride out is out now. I also have a playlist on my Apple Music that mm-hmm. I keep sharing all the time. With it's thirty three tracks that are on Apple Music that are produced by me. Um, they're all pretty pretty awesome. Yo. So if, yeah, if you just like search Hank McCoy on Apple Music, you can have a lot of fun. Thirty three songs of fun. Hank McCoy on Apple Music. Yes, thirty three songs of fun. There are three songs of fun. I'll spell his <laughs> name for you for those who can't spell. H-A-N-K-M-C-C-O-Y. These are facts. Like, you're probably thinking I'm joking. People out there really can't spell. <laughs> Someone out there, I heard, spelled the word female J- as funny story. F-E-M-A-I-L. So funny story. When mm-hmm. Ride Out was being released, I spelled Vaughn's name wrong. I had to get it corrected. So for the whole first day that Vaughn Ride Out was out, mm-hmm. it said V-A-U-G-H. J, like Vol. We were at a party that I was DJing, mm-hmm. right? And midnight hit, so he he hit me up. He like, yo, are we live? We all hyped, like, oh, it's out, oh yeah. Then he goes and sits down and get quiet for a second. I'm looking over at him. He texts me. He said, bro, my name is spelled wrong. <laughs> I didn't know whether to cry or laugh. I think I texted you right that night. I was so upset with myself that I spelled that man's name wrong. I was so mad that I spelled his name wrong. And, like, I had to call and do all this stuff with Apple the next day to get the name corrected. And, like, it was just – but it, it got fixed pretty fast. But for a whole, like, 24 hours, it said Vaugh. Vaugh. Vaugh, J. Yeah. So I can't spell either. It's all good, That's man. the moral of the story. But you make beats. You're, yes. You're, you're a foodie and, and a beast. So yes. it's all good. Yes. Yes. It's all good. Man, thank you very much. Thank you. Interview. Thank you. Thank you for sitting here um, and sitting in on this interview. Um, I'm glad I didn't get too offensive. <laughs> um, you know, it's been, a, it's been a long day. But, hey, it's, you know, I'm, I kept it cool and classy. It's good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Hank McCoy, um, his lovely girlfriend, Roxanne, and the place to be. Peace and love. Any last words? Um, sunsets and serenity. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Any rock, last words from you, Roxanne, since you're here? Um. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> okay. Oh. Nice. That was special. It was special. <laughs> awesome. Peace and love. 
That's what radio DJ is, right? But whatever. And that was the interview with Hank McCoy, the artist extraordinaire. Thank you for listening and taking the time out of your busy schedules. Or if you're unemployed, um, thanks for taking time out of your uh, not-so-busy schedule and listening to the show. Much appreciated. Tune in next time for episode three of the 1984 Fly or Die podcast. If you want to keep up with me, I'm everywhere. Social media at King Mike Beyond on Instagram. That's K-I-N-G-M-I-K-E-B-E-O-N on Instagram. Same thing goes for Twitter. And check out my website. I post many of my thoughts, music that I'm listening to, pictures, everything. It can be found on MikeBeyond.com. M-I-K-E-B-E-O-N.com. That's right. Well, all right, y'all. I catch you on the flip side.